skeptical about custom beauty, honestly, y'all, I totally get it. My feed is flooded with customize this and personalize that, all promising, you know, to fix all of our beauty, hair, and skin problems. Truthfully, I was so skeptical when I saw this brand, but I'm a total believer now. When pros says custom, they actually mean it. Their products are no gimmicks, and your formula couldn't exist without you. Each and every bottle of Pro's custom hair care and skin care is made to order and personalized with unique blends of naturally powerful and proven effective ingredients to meet your needs. Their in-depth consultation analyzes over 80 factors for a complete view of your life and beauty goals. And they get personal. Pro's covers everything from your concerns to diet, exercise, and stress levels to uncover what's impacting your hair and skin health. Did you know, for example, that Minneapolis has like weirdly hard water, which apparently was affecting my hair. So like some of the ingredients that they put into my hair care was to like deal with the fact that we have hard water. Wow. I love that. They also asked me things like, you know, because I have had a baby recently, like, am I still breastfeeding? What are my hair goals? And I also really appreciated they asked like, how much effort do you want to put into your hair? Yeah, <laughs> because like I'm at the point, you know, I used to let, yeah, I used to do those, you know, put effort into my appearance, but now it's like, I just want to be able to walk out of the door without feeling self-conscious. Um, I, this is truly such a genuine endorsement. So I've really enjoyed using these products. But don't just take our word for it. In a third-party, double-blind, dermatologist-supervised control clinical trial, this is like the gold standard of all of these trials, Pros proved that personalization works better than off-the-shelf alternatives. Try it for yourself and get your healthiest hair in 30 days or your money back. Pros is so confident that you'll love your results that they're offering our listeners an exclusive trial offer so you can see the difference custom care can make. 50% off your first subscription order at pros.com slash justbreakup. That's P-R-O-S-E dot com slash justbreakup for your free consultation and 50% off your one-of-a-kind formulas, pros.com slash justbreakup. Welcome to Just Break Up, the podcast about love, heartbreak, and all the relationship advice you don't want to hear. My name is Sierra DeMulder. And I'm Sam Blackwell. And today we're going to answer a letter from somebody who got really just dicked around by a dude. <laughs> that's like all I can, that's all I can use to describe what's happening to this poor person. Uh, but before we begin, we just want to give you our Surgeon General's warning, which is that Sierra and I are not licensed mental health practitioners. No. And we're both in a mood. So yeah, yeah. Sierra's really excited to be here based on how she started this, uh, Listen, this episode. I'm just trying out. to fake it till I make it. Energy, <laughs> energy, energy. Um, <laughs> Anyway, uh, yes, we are not professionals. We are not trained in any of this. We're in kind of bad moods, but we're happy to be here. So please take our advice as you see fit. We are only here to offer our humble musings to hopefully shed some understanding and maybe some laughs on the incredibly rewarding but mostly confusing and fucked up experience that is love. (laughs) (laughs) Love it. Love it. Yeah. All right. Let's get into today's letter. Uh, today's letter comes from Dazed and Confused, whose pronouns are she, her, who is writing from Gaslighting Central, USA. Hi, y'all. I'm in the middle of a major season of growth as I try to break my old patterns and stay strong in my sense of self-worth. 
I guess I'm looking less for relationship advice and more for your insight in how to survive severe gaslighting that makes you question your sense of reality and things you do to help ground yourself as that you commit is relationship to reveling. Advice. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> And things you do to help ground yourself as you commit to revealing the stronger, more confident essence of yourself. Backstory. Almost Never a year ago. Her. Yeah. <laughs> you, got, you got that. <laughs> stronger. Never met her. Sorry. <laughs> stronger. I hardly know her. Yeah, exactly. Backstory. Almost a year ago, which was a year after the breakup for me, I, 32 at the time, met a guy, 33, on Tinder during a casual dating phase, and we hit it off immediately. We can call him H. We started hanging out almost every day. We live about five minutes from each other, which was too convenient. And after about a month of this, I asked to check in about what we were doing. He was new to the dating pool after his own big breakup around the same time as mine and was surprised to meet me so soon into what he wanted to be his casual phase and have such a strong connection. He said he wanted to keep seeing me, but wasn't ready to commit. I tried very poorly to set boundaries so we could maintain our connection while remaining open to other people. But we kept falling back into the same patterns of super intense connection and then him just becoming very cold and rigid. Back and forth, back and forth for about five months before he basically ghosted me. He has poor communication skills, but which I knew, but it really hurt. Fast forward four months with no communication, and I returned from a trip to Europe where I met someone, and we had a very intense, ridiculous fling that was so fun and so beautiful that we decided to book a trip together months in advance because my dating life sucked anyway, so I was sure I'd be single and then want to have another weekend of pure Delulu fun. And, of course, H hits me up. We talk, he apologized for disappearing, and we start hanging out again as friends. He knew about European boy and would ask about him often. He also knew I wasn't dating other people and had decided to commit to a period of celibacy. But of course, the more time we spent together, the more we started to feel that former flame again. And after about a month and a half of us becoming closer as friends, he tells me that while he knows I have another trip to plan with someone else, he has feelings for me and he's ready to commit to our relationship. We had several days of very frank, incredibly open conversations where I stated that I can't do halvesies, one foot in, one foot out, like we had done before. If we were gonna do this, I wanted to do it fully and with intention. He agreed. I said I needed time to figure out what I was gonna do with this European guy and our trip, and that in the meantime, I needed to see consistency in his actions and more tangible evidence of his intentions. Thus began almost two weeks of the most boyfriend shit I have ever seen him do, which gave my little heart so much hope. He was communicating so much more, making future plans, talking about meeting each other's siblings, publicly displaying his infection, et cetera, et cetera. But then, of course, I went out of town for 24 hours to see a friend, and when I got back, he was weird about seeing each other, which wasn't normal because we talked about hanging out the night I got back, and eventually stopped by only to tell me that he reconnected with an old flame of his oh and is God. now interested in <laughs> exploring a connection with her. So we should just be friends for now and then talk to, quote, see what's going on in a few months. I was floored. 
I felt embarrassed that I had trusted him, ashamed that I had really dived into our connection, and incredibly sad to be rejected so quickly, especially after so much intimacy that was shared during, including breaking my period of celibacy. He kept saying, quote, I thought we were on the same page and quote, it's not fair that you would get to go on a trip with that guy while I just sit around and wait for you. I started to have a panic attack. And while I was doing my exercises to help mitigate it, he left because it was quote, too intense for him, but said that we would talk the next day. The next day, after all the emotions coursed through my body and I was in a calmer place, I asked to meet up and he said he had plans so we could talk later in the week. When I asked what was going on with him and why he was avoiding me and this conversation, he said, and I shit you not, quote, what do you mean? I'm not avoiding you. I saw you yesterday. Yes, I know this should be enough information for me, but I still managed to get him to meet up where I reiterated very slowly and clearly so that he would not miss it that I wanted to be with him. I had already talked to the European guy who was always a casual connection about canceling the trip. And if he wants to go for it, then this is it. But I'm not playing games anymore. He said he still wanted to explore the connection with the other woman. So I said goodbye and left. I was proud of myself for sticking to what I wanted and needed, expressing it clearly and leaving it at that. A few days later, while I'm nursing my wounds, he texts me to ask if we're still friends and if I want to <laughs> hang out. <laughs> the answer's nobody. <laughs> yeah. Are you fucking kidding me? I said, no, I don't understand why you're not listening to me. I said what I wanted and no, you heard me. He tells me again, he didn't realize I was going to give him an ultimatum and he doesn't understand what the problem is. At this point, I just say that I'm really what I'm really feeling. It feels like H told me all the right things just to sleep with me and or have temporary affection until something else came along and that this gaslighting is completely throwing me off. I don't feel like I know who he is anymore. And if we are ever going to be able to be friends again in the future, it would take a lot of time and an acknowledgement on his part of what the fuck happened. He responded by saying, it isn't true. He's sorry that I feel that way and that we shouldn't be friends. And then he blocked me. It's been a few days and I am trying so hard to ground myself. I've never been gaslight like this before in my entire life. And I keep reaching out to friends to let me know I'm not crazy. He kept making me believe I misunderstood everything and that I wasn't clear enough about what I wanted. I understand this logically to be gaslighting or manipulation 101, but my heart is hurting. It hurts to be blocked. I pride myself on being someone who has a mature and healthy relationship with all my exes. And there's a part of me that wonders if I did something wrong to make him feel like he had to do that. It hurts to feel like I made up our deep connection and amazing time together and all the things that he said and promised me. I'm a confident, self-assured person. I never thought I would be the victim of this kind of manipulation. It's as embarrassing as it is just painful. I feel like the good judgment I thought I had about people is totally off. It's making me not trust myself. Apologies for this long letter. If you have any insight about moving on and learning to trust myself again, I would appreciate it. In any case, it feels good to get it out. Much love, dazed and confused. Oh, my darling. I'm so sorry you went through this. Thank you for so much for trusting us with this letter. And I can't wait to dive into it. <laughs> Listen, just quick caveat. I don't know this man. I don't know what his intentions were. I can I can pretend that I know 
but it would just be that. But I am going to just shit all over him. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, I feel like I know him. I don't feel like I need to know anything else about him. (laughs) Well, I do feel like I, I just mean like, man, people, people respond. People do all sorts of things, right? For example, I have definitely like gone in a little hot and heavy and then pulled back because of whatever thousand reasons, I don't know, because I met somebody else or because I was truly emotionally unavailable, but I wanted to pretend like I was emotionally available. Because mm-hmm, I wanted the attention. <laughs> yeah, and I wanted the attention or whatever <laughs> horrid thing that I did in my 20s and or early 30s. <laughs> that I'm still doing now with yeah, my Yeah, yeah, exactly, husband. exactly. So I just want to say that, that like, I don't know this person. And also... um. I'm really sorry to our letter writer that this happened because it can really, it can take someone else's garbage and make us feel like, you know, why am I covered in garbage? Why am I garbage? Am I the garbage can? (laughs) You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. When this man just like, uh, dumped his garbage on you. That's, that's what happened here. And behavior like this makes us question where the garbage came from. Like, (laughs) was it always me? Am I the garbage? You know? Yeah. Right. No, it's his garbage. Um, uh, We are going to obviously dive into this a little bit more. um, And I've got some personal stories to tell uh, and some affirmations for you. But first, we have to take a very quick break. All right, y'all know that Sam and I record every single episode of Just Break Up virtually. So I literally see this beautiful person on Zoom like multiple times a week. And every time Sam pops up into Zoom, I comment on their outfit. And I swear, like 99% of the time, I'm like, oh my God, that outfit is so cute. Where did you get it? Sam says quince. You too can upgrade your wardrobe with luxury essentials at unbeatable prices. Quince is here to transform the way you shop with a range of high quality items priced within reach. That's right. They have 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters for $50, organic cotton sweaters, washable silk tops, and timeless 14 karakal jewelry. And the best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middle person and passes that saving on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and and premium fabrics and finishes. I love that. Y'all have heard me talk about my leather bag that I use as both a laptop bag and a diaper bag. And I love it because (laughs) (laughs) honestly, it looks really cute in every single circumstance that I use it. Indulge in affordable luxury. Go to quince.com slash just break up for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash just break up to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash just break up. All right, head and heart workers, you know, I'm all about tackling our money shame 
and becoming fiscally empowered, regardless of how much money we make or how much debt we have. I think it's such a crucial step in our own self-acceptance and empowerment. That's why I love that today's episode is sponsored by Rocket Money. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. With Rocket Money, you can see all of your subscriptions in one place. And if you see something you don't want, you can just cancel it with a tap. You never have to get on the phone with customer service. They'll even try to get you a refund for the last couple of months of wasted money and negotiate to lower your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is take a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in canceled unwanted subscriptions. And listen, we always talk to you about like conflict styles and open and honest communications, but honestly, save your energy and get Rocket Money to cancel those subscriptions for you. (laughs) Stop wasting money. You don't need to practice that. Yeah. We don't need to do head and heart work with like customer service representatives. You know what I mean? Like just like... Use the middle person. (laughs) Just get Rocket Money in there to help you do what you need to do. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash justbreakup. That's rocketmoney.com slash justbreakup. Rocketmoney.com slash justbreakup. All right, everyone. Welcome back. Uh, Days and and confused to reiterate what Sierra said. This man's trash. <laughs> I said garbage. Trash okay. all the way down. Um, no, and like we can get into, we could get into like what sort of psychological shit was happening with him to like make him behave in this way. But like, I don't really care. Uh, I mean, if he wrote in, we would be kind, right? But like, I don't really care about like why he was doing what he did because I think the important thing for you here is to recognize and understand the fact that like you didn't make any of this up. He did all these things to you and he in his own little head may have like reasons for why, or he may have ideas of like how these conversations went that aren't grounded in what actually happened. But your experience of this like push pull being dicked around roller Mm -hmm. coaster of a situation ship is like a hundred percent true. And it's like, I say that because I have seen this pattern from people many times before, right? This like feeling of like, oh, we're just like so cosmically connected where like, it's like, we're so good together. We're such good friends. And then like, oh, the pulling back, the like, oh, but we're not dating. I don't want to date. I'm not ready. I'm not like, and then like, oh, you now suddenly you're unavailable. So now he's going to come running towards you and be like, oh, wait, 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 wait. I was, I had you on the back shelf and now you're like going, you're, someone else is picking you it up. Is like, so I, it's mine. Deeply, <laughs> That's my toy. <laughs> deeply triggering to hear you say that. <laughs> right. Absolutely. And then the like, oh, I can prove that I could actually be a good partner to you, but I actually realized that I don't want that or whatever it is, right? Like, let me all tell of this you stuff story, is happening. Samuel. <laughs> you can tell me some stories. Let I love stories. You, let me tell you two stories about the same person, someone who shall not be named because we have a running tally of when I talk about him <laughs> and I want to pretend that it's not about him because I talked about him last episode too. But I learned so much in this fucking relationship, this anti-relationship because we never fucking dated. Uh, yeah. Two funny stories about this person. <clears throat> funny Story number one. I, uh, 
I once told this person that I was like seeing somebody else or whatever. And then later that day I was like performing and he texted me while I was on stage. Like, I love you. <laughs> like it was Jesus always, it was, it was always like the wanting me when I was unavailable thing, you know, like the, the, the further away I got, the more available he made himself so that I would come back into the middle or whatever. And honestly, you know, going back to the caveat that I said at the beginning, I have no idea how much of that was intentional, but it was so real to me that it doesn't matter what his intentions were. You know, it doesn't matter to the letter writer. Doesn't matter what he was going through or like maybe he just met his future person. Right. And they're going to be together for the next 60 years. It doesn't matter because what you experienced was this yo-yo, right? And that Mm -hmm. yo-yo was confusing and heartbreaking and challenging and it was vulnerable and all of those things. The other part of the story, which is the better part of the story, is that we had such like a back and forth. I'm sure I told you this before, so I'm sorry. Uh, We had such a back and forth in the relationship that like our friends knew it was like a will they won't they sort of garbage for years. And fucking my one of my closest friends at the time was like, just tell him you don't want to sleep with him. And I was like, what are you talking about? I totally want to sleep with him. <laughs> you know what I mean? I really want to know who this friend I was. was. Like, <laughs> yeah, you could guess. You could 100% guess. Uh, I was like, I did, but what are you talking about? All I want to do is sleep with him. And back then I was like, you know, the way to somebody's heart is to make yourself wholly available and clone yourself into who they are. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like uh-huh, I just yeah. like, chronically felt not enough. I just wanted to, all I wanted, like was him to, to say jump and I would be like, how high? And would you like me to be naked? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> but my friend was I, I totally like, just tell him you don't want him like that. You're not going to sleep with him and he'll, he'll bend. And I was like, that's psychotic, but I will try it. I love that and chaotic me, energy. <laughs> bitch. When I tell you, we, it worked like a charm. I was like, (laughs) I'm like a fucked up charm. Like people are fucked up. Cause I was like, I don't want to sleep with you. (laughs) You know what I mean? I said, I was like, I don't know. We were cooking dinner or something. I was like, he made like some sort of pass at me, like a joke. And I was like, I don't want to sleep with you. All coy, you know, fucking lying my face off. And he couldn't handle it. He couldn't (laughs) fucking handle it. I remember he said to me, what if I showed up at your house with like a bow tie on my dick? (laughs) And I I was like, no, I wouldn't. I'm not going to do it. (laughs) Did we fuck that night? Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah, it worked. This is why all of those terrible dating books work because we're all so fucked up that like playing games actually sometimes gets you what you want. (laughs) Exactly. And I didn't want, I wish I didn't because I, you didn't actually want to sleep with him. You wanted a like more deeper and like meaningful relationship with him. Which is whatever. Like, yeah, I did actually want to sleep with him, but like, I, I think that was the very first time I had a glimpse behind the curtain of that push and pull and that weird chaotic energy that was required to maintain that relationship. Like I thought we were meant to be like, I thought we were, he's the, he's the 20%, 80% person, you know, where I thought like, man, someday I'll get 80% of him. Someday I'll get a hundred percent of him, but I'm just getting this 20% now. And the, the, the percentages changed with the amount of fucking attention I paid him. Do you know what I mean? So Mm. me being like, I don't want to have sex with you. It was like, bring 90% of you (laughs) is available, including your naked body. Or at least a hundred percent of your dick was available to me. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Did it have a bow tie on it by the time you 
decided no, to fuck. But it mm, was disappointing. It was a coy game for a while. Anyway, so um, <laughs> you know, I I just it was the first it took me years to understand that there was this push and pull between us that wasn't actually genuine or sustainable or healthy for me. Right. It took me real years to realize, like, I didn't actually like him that much after mm. all of that time together because I didn't feel valued or respected or understood. I didn't feel like myself. Um, but the the what the letter writer describes as gaslighting in this letter is so relatable because it makes you question everything about yourself. And all you want is the, you want the safety and the glow and um, the affirmation of that person's affection for you. Like, of course mm -hmm, I want, mm -hmm. of course I wanted him to like me. You know, I wanted, I wanted to know that I was someone that he desired. I just didn't want to do it with those games, but I did. And we had sex that night. <laughs> <laughs> and it was sad, sad sex. <laughs> I don't even remember. Honestly, that fucking was so stressful. The whole, I couldn't believe it worked. <laughs> I couldn't believe that. I can. Those yeah, I know. I can Is it weird to share that? No. No, I think it's great. Uh, <laughs> God forbid um, that person ever listens to our show and hears every detail of our entire friendship on this fucking podcast. I hope he does. I um, hope he doesn't. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I uh, love that story. Um, and also getting back to the, the yes, letter writer. Uh, <laughs> it's been a minute since um, I overshared. So there you go. No, friends. I love it. I'm, I'm very excited about it. Um, yeah, no, this feeling that you are having around, like, did this happen? Did this not happen? I think is like super, super understandable. Um, partially because, right, like they're, when we're in relationship with somebody, we're having a different relationship than they are because we're two different people in two different bodies, sort of trying to communicate with each other in words that are imperfect, all of that good stuff. And, this man seems to be like, for whatever reason, deluding himself into making himself some sort of hero of this story, right? Like making himself into somehow the victim of, of what happened here. Um, but like what happens to you is absolutely real. Um, you know, the stuff around like the, the will they won't they for the five months that you, or for like the however many months, eight months that you were sort of like having this friendship slash flirtation slash situationship, like that was real. And the, the unsustainability of it, the instability of it was real. Even as you were getting love and affection, he was still withholding it. Like that was absolutely real. This thing where he comes back into your life and tricks you into trying to be in a relationship with you. Like that's real. I don't know if he was intentionally tricking you or not tricking you, but at the end of the day, he tricked you into committing to something that you, that was a false bill of gold goods by the time that you saw it, by the time that you held it in your hand, like that's real. He sort of, he intentionally or unintentionally misunderstood the rules and parameters of the relationship that you were getting into. That is all real. So like, I want to just say this to affirm the fact that like, you're not making any of this up. And the fact that you're feeling this level of like insecurity and instability is understandable given the fact that he changed the rules of the game 27 times in the course of your situationship with him. And also like part of what I want you to be able to do is to be able to look at this and say, nope, that is what happened, right? Like that is a real thing that, that did happen to me because 
that makes it easier to sort of like move on from. If you can look back on this person and instead of being like, was I crazy? Did I make everything up? And instead be like, I didn't make anything up. This person is not a good person for me. It makes it easier to sort of move on to the next thing or like leave this thing behind. Right. And to say like, you're feeling confused about this because it's confusing, right? Like it's not because like you are somehow like bad at parsing through what happened here. Like, yeah, it was a confusing situation and you deserve to not be in confusing. Like you deserve to be in some place where it's like, yeah, maybe it's confusing like 10% of the time, but like generally it feels like we're in alignment. <laughs> you know what I mean? I want to tag on to that too and say, you know, you said, I'm so embarrassed. I'm so embarrassed that I trusted this, that I, that my heart shifted directions, you know, that is so relatable to me. It is so relatable to me. The first thing that I do when something shitty happens to me is I, is I internalize it backwards and I say, oh, I hate myself for not seeing that coming. Or I feel so stupid for trusting that person or oh, I'm such an asshole for not knowing this would happen. You know, I just want to remind you and I that trusting someone isn't what hurt you, right? And being open to connection and love and being hopeful is a beautiful superpower, right? That is mm. the foundation of all good things in the world, even though it is also the foundation of a lot of hurt. That's what vulnerability is, right? And trusting someone isn't what hurt you. A shitty person did it. Right. And their behavior and That's their right. inability to be what you needed in that moment, trusting someone when they said, I want to be with you, <laughs> isn't what it's led great. you. Yeah, that is, <laughs> that is, well, that's pretty like, that's kind of what I would do if somebody was like, look it, I want to, if somebody was like, I'm going to show you a painting of flowers and I was like, you know what? I do want to see that painting of flowers. I absolutely want to do that. It sounds like a great painting to see. Would love that. And then they pull away the curtain and it's a painting of clowns. And you're like, what the fuck is that? You, the immediate <laughs> response isn't, I'm on a roll right now. The immediate yes, response. Yes, this is great. I love this metaphor. <laughs> the immediate response is like, oh my God, I'm so embarrassed because I was like totally expecting flowers because you said flowers, you fuck. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, right. Like, how embarrassing that I thought you were going to present me with a picture of flowers because that's what you told me the picture was of. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So um, please, please take give grant yourself the opportunity to to rewrite that story in your head. Yes, I I totally relate to the feelings of embarrassment. That is absolutely the feeling that I feel when something bad happens to me. I feel embarrassed, ashamed, like people are going to judge me like I made the mistake, but that's just the the path that is the most well well worn in this in this thought process. It's not the right path. You mm. chose to believe the, the olive branch, the connection, the potential that this person was offering to you, that doesn't make, you know, the idea of vulnerability or trust, you know, you didn't do anything wrong. I, I, I feel like right now on the internet, there's lots of conversations about the therapy speak, the language that we have taken from therapy and applied to our interpersonal everyday relationships. Mm -hmm. Um, and I know that there are conversations out there about like what is and isn't gaslighting. And I just want to nod to that and also say like, I'm not interested in having 
a debate about the intricacies about what is and isn't gaslighting. I just want to say to you that if I were you, I too would be made to feel crazy by the back yeah. and forth yo-yo of the emotional availability of this dude. Um, sure. This is absolutely a reason to to feel a little unhinged. <laughs> uh -huh. But we can tell ourselves, you know what, this is... It, it makes sense that I'm feeling un unstable right now because this person has been so unstable to me that the foundation of our relationship was always rocky and I was trying to find solid ground to hold on to. And that person was just changing forms again and again, flipping the script on me. Um, yeah. Yeah. No. And it's like in this most recent season of The Bachelorette, there was this one contestant. His name is Brayden, who was like, wait. who just had like similar vibes to what's going on here where it was like he would say something to the bachelorette about like I'm having a really hard time here because it's like hard for you for me to see you like date a bunch of other men and and like but I'm still really committed to to this relationship and then he would like go back to the house and he would talk to all the men and be like I don't know if I can even trust her if she's like dating other like this makes me question her like um her taste in people or like her judgment if she's like if she's interested in this other guy like and like to be clear I'm sure that all of the things that he was saying were honest for him and connected to him in like his head <laughs> right mm -hmm. but the issue is is that like he was telling two different things to two different people mm. so like he was he was intentionally sort of like saying one thing that was true to an extent about his experience to her. And so like, then he would, then when she would confront him about it, he would be like, well, I'm just telling, I was just talking to them about the same concerns that I was talking to you about. Right. Like it's, I wasn't lying. Cause look, well, I've, I've brought these concerns to you. And it was just like such an interesting thing because it was like, you couldn't really argue with him about like the, the actual like merits of what he was saying because of the fact that like, yes, he was sort of arguing about the same thing or he was talking about the same thing. But the issue was, is that like he was withholding some information and for some people and like giving it to others. And I think that it's just like a similar situation here where it's like, yes, this guy may be in his head thinking that he's being super honest about what's going on in there. But the way that he's saying it is for, is eliciting a specific response from you. And he's saying it in order to get that response rather than be completely honest about what's happening with him. And like, that's manipulative. That's absolutely yes. manipulative, whether or not he's aware of it. And it's like so hard to see those types of situations because like you say, letter writer, we're trying to argue about the like, legitimacy of the like logical argument behind it mm -hmm. when in actuality what we're arguing about or what, where the disconnect is is about like how those things were said and the ways in which we like changed the meaning of what we were talking about intentionally to like make it feel less weird for us totally. and like that's a that is like so and I've seen this happen with like lots of different people, but it was like in this season of The Bachelorette, it was just like so apparent. And he was like so aggrieved. Like he was just like, I'm so misunderstood by everyone. And it was like, yeah, because you kept saying lies to people. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> and like, I just want to say that to you, letter writer, to say like, you came into contact with a person who is like immature 
in whatever way it is, who right. is being manipulative to you. And the only response that you can have is, is often to feel like the rug got pulled out from under you. And that's like a really normal response to have. You're not like suddenly like messed up or like, like this situation is really frustrating because this is a frustrating person <laughs> that you are dealing with. And like this feeling that you have around like, I just want to find a way for us to like be good to each other. Like the fact that he blocked me, like must mean something about me and my ability to have like emotional and mature conversations with people. And like, that's not what this means in any way, right? Like you are capable of having mature conversations with, with, probably lots of people in your life. This man is not capable of having an, a mature conversation with you. And so like the fault, the fault here isn't the idea that you can't figure out how to be friends with this person. Like the fault here is that like, he is not a safe person for you to put time and energy into. It's not a marker of your ability to be mature or healthy or kind, right? Like in the same way that it's like, it wasn't the bachelorette's fault that like she couldn't, convince this person to behave differently. Like it's his issue. And the fact that you are creating space unintentionally, cause he was the one that blocked you. But like <laughs> the fact that like you now have space between him, isn't a marker of your immaturity. It's actually a marker of your ability to sort of recognize like this person doesn't need to be in my life. Right? Like I don't need to be I don't need to prove that I can be in relationship with this person in order to prove that I'm a mature person, right? Like his immaturity is proving that already, right? Like he, the, yes. the fault of this relationship was his inability to commit to you. Not that you like somehow weren't able to somehow convince him maturely enough to want to be with you. Right. Yeah. And I also think, um, that is, it's really hard for us because we always think about emotional growth, healing, maturity as a linear thing, you know, that like you're going to walk through this threshold and everything from here on out is going to, you know, fucking be so mature <laughs> and uh -huh. so healed, you know, and the truth is like, uh, we always say, you know, this is an ongoing journey. We don't, we don't cross a threshold in which all of our relationships are high functioning, emotionally mature, you know, vulnerable relationships. We are going to ebb and flow. We're going to be triggered. We're going to be challenged. You know, mm -hmm. we are not, we like, I feel like I am as emotionally mature and healed as I have ever been, whatever those words mean to you. And I'm still fucking up. I'm still finding ways in my stable, True. secure, happy marriage that I am not showing up the way that I want to show up, that there's other shit going on in me or new shit or whatever. And I just say that to say, like, I know this is really challenging for you on many different levels, but one of them being you feel like you've, you've reached this level or expectancy of emotional maturity. And that is good. We can use that as like a, as a bar, you know, or as like a litmus test, you know, that like, is this reflecting the level of maturity that I want in my relationships? No, you know, but Yep. I don't want you to walk away from this as an with like the narrative that like somehow you are not accessing those levels of maturity or healing or whatever we want to call it because this relationship was difficult. We're always going to ebb and flow. Yep. We're always going to meet people who challenge us and we're always going to find 
immaturity within ourselves that we haven't, you know, fully dealt with or whatever. Absolutely. Yeah. And they're always going to be like asshole people out there who are really good at feigning maturity through having these types of conversations, right? I, and then Sam not and backing it up with action. <laughs> exactly. Like, exactly. We, are we, the, have these we are two of those assholes. Yeah. <laughs> Right? Hi, like, my name is Sierra Mulder and I'm an asshole. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Same. Um, so like part of it is also like recognizing the fact that like this person is immature and, and he's demonstrating that through his actions, even if he's really good at speaking in a way that sounds like and feels like emotional maturity, because like. We are all of us capable of learning the right things to say to people to get the response that we want, right? It is harder for us to learn how to say the things that are actually true of our own experience that are actually the hard thing to say to somebody that may cause a rift, even though it's the truth for us, right? Like those things are the actual markers of maturity. Like this man took advantage of that and was able to sort of reflect maturity back to you when actually like behind that mirror, it was just like the Candyman apartment, right? Just like full of trash and like bees. <laughs> oh, okay. I was like, where the fuck are we going with that? <laughs> that's a really, that's a very specific <laughs> reference to a nineties movie that Peter loves deeply. Uh, that I've seen yeah. multiple times because of that. <laughs> excellent. Excellent. All right, my darling, uh, we hope this helps. We hope this soothes a little bit of your, of your hurt feelings over all of this. Um, and mostly we just want to like extend our, our hug, our virtual hug of camaraderie Absolutely. in that this is a really shitty situation. Um, and I know it's hard to, you know, in these situations, we feel embarrassed. We feel like confused and we feel like it was such a waste of time or, or whatever. But this mm. too is a part of the human experience and we're grateful that you shared it with us. So thanks for listening Absolutely. and thanks for writing to us. Absolutely. We love you. We hope this helps. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. You, if you... If you are interested in more content from us, or if you would like your episodes ad-free, you can always support us on Patreon. If you support us on Patreon for as little as $5 a month, you'll get an additional bonus weekly episode. That's patreon.com slash justbreakuppod. You can slide it to our DMs, send us your favorite relationship memes, but most importantly, you can submit your questions about all matters of the heart at justbreakuppod.com, which is also where you can find our merchandise. Please remember to like, follow, subscribe, give us a five-star rating and review. This literally keeps our mics on and helps us reach more brokenhearted souls who need two random strangers giving them relationship advice. Just Break Up is a production of Duvid Media, original music, recording, editing, producing all magical things by our good friend Spencer Worth Davis. Make sure to check out his podcasts and remember, sometimes people are assholes. <laughs> <laughs> Watch out for the assholes, everyone. That's the that's Sam the affirmation. And I are one of them. No. <laughs> what I was trying to say was, uh, you know, sometimes things don't work out, uh, not because we misread the signs or because we weren't what that person wanted, you know, or because we should have done something differently. Sometimes things don't work out because people have their own agendas and their own healing journey, and it just doesn't align with you. Sometimes there's nothing else you could have done, and it's not your fault. And if all else fails, just break up. <laughs>